We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 112. A special episode today because we are joined by Yankees infield prospect and outfield prospect now, Tyler Wade. Scott, it was a lot of fun to talk to him. Yeah, don't call me a prospect, though. I'm just part of the Yankees organization. Right. This is, we, need to, we need to make sure we get our, our language right now. But, um, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's very obvious now that these guys, and we've talked to a, you know, a few of them already uh, in the past you know, three, four months, and these guys understand what's going on. They they see they see what's 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 happening around them. The way that the Yankees organization is going, they're not they're not numb to it. They they do understand and they talk about it, which I like. I do like. People may not like the fact that people are, that these guys are looking forward, but why not? This they have a goal and and it seems like they all want to achieve it together and they want to get their you know to the promised land into the Bronx as as a unit and uh, and and get, play some good baseball. So I'm excited and uh, he's definitely a cool guy. It was good to talk to him because I was doing some research for the podcast and there's not a ton out there as far as uh, bio info on his life because he's a little bit lesser known of a, a guy in the Yankee system. He's still fighting his way through the organization. He's been playing in double A. So, I mean, really, this was like a learning experience for the two of us. And obviously for all the fans that will be listening, uh, we find out a lot about what type of guy he is, what he does in the offseason and how he's been handling himself in the Yankees organization these last couple of years. Yeah, and it doesn't really seem work ethic is ever going to be an issue for this kid. I mean, he's he's got his uh, his his eye on the prize for sure. I mean, he wants to be part of the organization. It seems like the Yankees are moving him around a little bit more, uh, outfield, infield, different positions, just to give him some more flexibility. It seems like we're hearing that trend for a lot of these guys, just to see what they have and more flexibility uh, to get some of them into the major leagues. So you know, I, I think that um, he was even talking about being like a, a utility role guy. So that's that's promising. I mean, he's he seems like he's uh He's adapting well to the outfield as well. You'll hear all about that. He he talks about that. But yeah, definitely a uh, a solid player and ready to. He's ready to contribute. 
So the interview goes about 30 to 35 minutes. Scott and I are going to come back and do a couple mailbag questions and talk about some of the other stuff going on with the Yankees and in baseball now. But for now, enjoy the interview with Tyler Wade. We are now joined by Tyler Wade, Yankees prospect, Yankees infield prospect. Actually, Tyler, I got to ask you, uh, how do you how do you want to be introduced when you introduce yourself to people and say what you do? Do you do you call yourself a prospect? Because as soon as I just said that, that sounded weird. Uh, I mean, I consider myself a Yankee. I mean, I'm we have a great group of guys right now. I mean, we all have one goal to make it to the big leagues and win a championship. So, I mean, when I introduce myself, I mean, I'm just Tyler and I play for the Yankees and I play infield. I mean, nothing more to it, you know. Yeah, that, I think that's how I would go as well. So, uh, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Um, how's the off season going for you? It's going really well. Feel good. Um, feel good in the gym, and I actually report the 29th of this month. So, I'm excited to get back and uh, get things going. It's early this year. It seems like it's coming a little bit. The the end of January. That's. I know everybody in New York is excited because now that the well, the Jets have been out for a very long time, and now the <laughs> Giants are out as of last night. Yeah. So we're uh, we're all looking forward to baseball. Yeah, man, me too. I mean, uh, I just got done playing in the fall league for my second year in a row in November. So, I mean, it's kind of a short off season, but uh, I made the most of it, and I got the itch again. I'm ready to get uh, get the season going. How was the Arizona fall league? I know you they were putting you out in the outfield for some of that. That was, must have been a big change. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, they they introduced me to the utility role to possibly uh, get to the big leagues quicker that way. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Um, whatever helps me. And helps the team win up in the big leagues. That's that's my goal. So if that means playing a little bit of left, center, short, third, and second, I'm all for it. And uh, I just want them to feel comfortable with me out there in any position. Have you played the outfield before in high school? Uh, no. That was actually my very first time in the fall league. And um, I had all the coordinators, uh, coaches guiding me along the way. And I feel right at home out there. So, I mean, it was a pretty smooth transition. I, I got to imagine it's easier to go to the outfield from the infield than vice versa. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, farther. The ball gets to you not as quick. So uh. <laughs> You ask somebody to go play short from the outfield or something like that, they're like, what the hell, man? I can't do that. But, have you ever seen an, an outfielder try to take a ground ball? <laughs> it's ugly. Yeah, it's, it's never yeah. in front of them. Gary Sheffield no. tried to do that in a playoff game, and it cost the Yankees a series. So. <laughs> right. But I uh, know it's, it's been fun. Um, like I said, I'm excited for the role, and um, whatever happens, happens. So I'm just there to help the team win. Cool, man. Hey, let's take it back a little bit. You know, I think, I think a lot of people would like to know more about you. So can yep. you just uh, talk to us about where you grew up and – I don't know, other sports you like to play, things like that. Just give us a little snapshot of, uh, of Tyler Wade. Yeah, I'm from Marietta, California. It's Southern California. It's about 35 minutes from Anaheim, the Anaheim Angels. But um, I grew up playing baseball my whole life, playing travel ball. My parents took me coast to coast. I actually went to Cooperstown. This is actually how I became a, a Yankees fan. Um, I went to Cooperstown and played in that tournament when, I, tournament when I was 10, 10, 11 years old, and went to the, the old Yankee Stadium. And nice. uh, right when I walked in, I locked in on Derek, and it happened to be like the infamous jump throw. And from that day on, I was a huge Derek Jeter fan and a huge Yankee fan. So, I mean, it's an awesome experience. And then um, played high school baseball at Merida Valley, was drafted out of there, and then kind of never looked back. You don't have to tell us you're a Yankees fan <laughs> in high school. It's okay. We don't. You don't have to tell us that, just so you no, know. No, I, I actually was, though. That's <laughs> the, some people find it weird not from being from Southern California, not being an Angels fan or a Padres fan. I just... I grew up going to Angel games, but I just wasn't really, like, enthusiastic when I went to the games because there's really no one I really, really watch and idolize. But when I, when you watch Derek, I mean, you really can't not like him, you know? So yeah. that, was, that was just me. So yeah. were you, like, a close fan? You'd, you'd watch every game that you could? You'd follow the box scores? Or were you more of a passive baseball fan? And the reason I ask is because we had Clint Frazier on the podcast a couple months ago. And uh -huh. he was talking about how he de he never really watched baseball uh, as no. a kid. He would just play it. It seems like a lot of the players, I mean, they live, eat, and sleep baseball playing it. They don't have time to watch it. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. I'd have to agree with Clint on that one. I mean, I, I would love to watch a game when it was on, but uh, I I just played it. And then if it was, I just kind of turn on SportsCenter and watch the highlights or if there was a rerun, rerun on TV. But um, other than that, I kind of just played baseball and had fun with it. When you were in Cooperstown for those those games of Little League, were, were those the new fields that they have? I know they put in like a whole bunch of tournament fields. I was actually up there last summer, and they have a – I don't know when they actually put these in, but there's, it's, a, it's like Field of Dreams up there now. It's ridiculous with the amount of tournaments that they have. 
Where were you, or did you play in the actual like the big stadium that they have there? Uh, I played. There was like a complex. There was a ton of fields. Yeah, I think it was called the Field of Dreams, and we all stayed in this little dorm, and you just basically walked to the fields. I yeah, yeah, that, I think that's yeah. the one. That, the one I'm talking about. There was some guy that went up there and and just bought a whole bunch of land and and plowed it and made some made a whole bunch of tournament fields. And it's really cool. It's an awesome venue. Yeah, it's that. a prestigious so, tournament. So so far, so I mean, it's it was a good experience. Very cool. So uh, you said the the off season's going good. You were in the gym. I saw the Yankees tweeted a video of you uh, getting at it in the gym. How how the workouts yeah. going? I, it seems like the Yankees have been uh, tweeting videos there's, out, a little competition, friendly competition on I, social media. I swear to God, there's a competition between you guys. There's, I mean, everybody is just like getting yoked in the gym this this off season. Nothing wrong with some friendly competition, right? Nothing, but, nothing. Uh, no, but I mean, um, like I said before, we got a we got a bunch of hungry young guys in our organization right now, along from Clint Glaber. Uh, I actually live with James Caprillion, and um, we all get after it. We all like to compete, and um, I think that's something Yankee fans have looked something to look forward to in the future is a bunch of young, hungry guys competing for one goal. And um, I feel great in the gym. I mean, I've been at the same trainer for four years, and he pushes me, and uh, I couldn't ask for much more, honestly. You said you live with Caprillion? I do. I what's, do. What's that like? He's the man. He's a great friend of mine, a great teammate. Um, we we like to compete, whether it's, I mean, just random things you could possibly think of, especially, I mean, if he comes home, we don't work out at the same place, but uh, if he comes home and be like, hey, I, I did such and such, so wait, I'm going to go to the gym and be like, hey, I just got back and did so and so, step <laughs> your game up, you know? But I just kind of just joking around. But, I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, we, we always talk about, Win the World Series or what we're gonna do when we're in the big leagues together. So it's it's awesome having a guy like that and someone special that's gonna be on the mound for us in the future. He's a good dude. How is the living arrangement set up? Is it basically you just find somebody you get along with and you, and you you room together, or do they assign you guys? In spring training. Uh, well, wh- where do you when when did you live with Caprellian? Uh, so I I'll give can I I'll give you a little story real quick. So uh, when he was drafted, I was in high A and. Uh, I was sitting at my locker uh, before a game, and his scout came up to me. He's like, hey, this guy's from Southern California. Nice to meet you. I was like, what's up, James? Um, congratulations. And then I actually saw him in Instructs before I had to the fall league my first year. And uh, we ended up kind of hanging out, grabbing lunch, and he, we kind of knew some mutual people. And he, I, like, I, we clicked pretty good. And then I got his number, and then the off season, we hung on a little bit. And then this past spring training, uh, we lived together. And then, yeah. Now we're living together in the off season. So Andrew, if you're asking that they if they pair these guys in the off season to like live in certain towns, I don't think that happens. No, that uh, it doesn't. Because <laughs> I'm pretty no. sure that's what. Well, that's I, what we were I, at. I, I didn't know during the season. Yeah, uh, during during the season, uh, you kind of just pick your own. You just kind of like you just kind of ask around. But it, usually, it's kind of the same core group of guys. To be honest with you, like because you kind of everyone goes up together. But uh, I mean, you can kind of pick your own. That's, yeah. That's, you, I think unless, unless you live in the hotel, I think then it's assigned. But I never lived in the hotel. You know, it's it's funny that you're talking about uh, the fact that you guys you guys like you know have these discussions about winning the World Series or or playing in the bigs together. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a, one of the fan questions. Actually, we we were asking on social media different questions. Yep. Uh, Brian Cohen is at Brian DC five eight nine asks how excited everyone is in the minors that the Yankees are sticking to this youth movement. And that's do you guys? That's something that I mean. Obviously, you do talk about it because you just said that you and and Caprillion are talking about these things. I mean, do you guys realize that the the, the next wave of of you know New York Yankees is coming from all the guys you're playing with? Absolutely. I mean, I think it, it kind of gives us a little bit more edge and a little bit more drive to kind of reach there. Just because years past that didn't really happen, and then you see like good examples of Greg Bird, Gary Sanchez. Aaron Judge and Tyler Austin and then kind of it's like dude we've played with these guys for the last mm-hmm. three to four years and we're like we want to be up there with with them and ultimately win a championship so I mean it's it's definitely uh it's definitely gold it's like, I, I don't know how to explain it it's just lack it's of a, a better it's a good time to be a Yankee that's, that's absolutely, what it seems ab- like <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah, well, I would imagine that if you were in the system, say, 15 years ago, it would have been a little bit daunting because they had a, a team that was winning championship after championship at the major league level. So you'd almost feel like I, I really have a huge uphill battle to make it to the majors mm-hmm. with the Yankees. But now, I mean, it's wide open. They're, they're clearly going with young guys. So that's got to make you guys feel excited. We're really excited. I mean, 
you just look at all the talent we have in our organization. So, I mean, it's going to be in the next year or so, it's going to be a real special time to be a Yankee fan. That's for sure. No doubt. We're all excited. That's for sure. There's a, uh, there's, there's, there's a huge buzz, uh, you know, with all these young guys. So, and you know, with, with the way that, um, you know, to share retiring, A-Rod retiring, it's, it's, it's almost like the perfect stepping stone transition, you know, into, to you guys. We were actually at the game when, uh, judge and Austin, debuted and hit their home runs back to back i mean that place was going nuts i haven't heard the place go nuts like that in quite some time yeah i i mean you i don't think you can write up a better debut than that but that didn't happen in history right before that yeah the first time no yeah yeah, those bats are in cooperstown really yep wow so yeah i mean i I think that's a great example of what we have in our minor league system and that's going to come for years to come so it's going to be uh like i said it's going to be an exciting time so in the, in the middle of the season, the Yankees obviously uh, acquired a bunch of young players, including mm-hmm. Gliber Torres. And I mean, yep. I'm sure that was a huge uh, shift in your mentality, not only because he was playing your position, but he's also a top prospect. So talk about what that was like. See, a lot, a lot of people have asked me that. It doesn't shift my mentality at all. I mean, um, like I said, it's the ultimate goal is to have a great team in the big leagues that's going to ultimately win us a world championship. And if he's going to do that, then I'm all for that. So um, obviously we play the same position, um, but that's just going to only really make us better. It's friendly competition, and we're competing against each other. And, uh, I mean, I'm playing some seconds from short, and uh, he's a great player, but I'm excited to have him on our team, and he's going to be a great addition to us. Uh, I mean, you just kind of got to worry about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I I know what you're saying that, I mean – but that's a credit to you because I'm sure there are a lot of players who would have taken it uh, as a slight and they would have gotten down on themselves and then they're not going to make it because if you if you can't handle a little competition, you're probably not going to make it in Major League Baseball. So yeah. um, that's obviously the mentality you had to take uh, with it. I, I just That's just the way I'm wired. I mean, I want to I wanna be part of this like super team, so to speak, and then I want to win a championship or several championships with these guys and like if Glaber's going to help us, which he will, it's going to be it's going to be a great time if that happens to make me play second, third, left. You know, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me as long as I'm contributing and helping that team win. Scott, it's you a, got that soundbite, Super Team. Super Team, I got it. It's on a T-shirt. It's coming out. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the fun thing watching you guys all come up together. One, I, I can just tell we've talked to a number of you guys, and it seems like you guys really all gel. A lot of you guys gel very well, and it seems like you get along. And the, the desire to win, the desire to come up together and be together to, to win, to be that next great Yankees team is, is awesome. What is it like when you're looking at the World Series champions today? Uh, the Cubs have, were in a very similar position. These are guys that a lot of them played together in the minor leagues, came up together, and then you know now look at it. When you have a lot of this top talent rising up at the same time, it's, it's only, only positive things that are going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at it, you got all the great teams, like not even baseball, like the Warriors or like the Cubs, they have this team chemistry and everyone respects each other. So I think that's extremely important in a clubhouse. And when we're all there together, it's everyone's going to be able to do their thing. And um, it's it's going to be like we have this team camaraderie. So it's going to be going to be a good time. I want to talk about spring training. So you mentioned yep. last year was last year your first spring training. Uh, in Big League Camp? Yeah, Big League Camp. Yes, that was my first invite, but the year before I went over a couple times. Okay, so, you know, what's that like, first time going to Big League Spring Training Camp? Um, I was, I was welcomed with open arms. I mean, you got a great group of guys from, like, literally everybody. I mean, I didn't feel like I was a minor league guy. I felt like I was a part of the team, and everyone was open for anything I had to ask and needed to learn, because they've all been in my situation before, being the, being the young guy in the clubhouse. So, I mean... It was a good time, and it was kind of cool having all the um, all the older players coming in from like Willie Randolph, Reggie Jackson. So I mean, it's, yeah, it's that's just, one thing it, the Yankees do uh, better than any team in in baseball is bring in all of their old Hall, Hall of Famers. I mean, that's just <laughs> got to be that's got to be unreal for someone in your shoes. Well, all that wisdom in one room it's it's like it's unbelievable. So I mean, I'm extremely blessed to be a part of this organization, and um, I'm excited for this next spring. Uh, Frazier was telling us a story about a trip to, to, with uh, Reggie he took to get frozen yogurt. you have any stories, any of the older players or any of the veterans take you aside and, and tell you anything or take you somewhere? 
I don't think I've gotten frozen yogurt with anybody. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't really have any. I'm trying to think. Just don't, just don't offer Reggie Jackson ice cream because you don't want to see what'll happen. There's, there's bad things when, when ice cream and Reggie Jackson get introduced. Dude loves frozen yogurt. It's frozen yogurt or nothing. I'm gonna bring that up to him in spring. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I don't really have any stories. I mean, I, I haven't really gone out with any of them, but um, just in the clubhouse, just like kind of picking their brain and what made them successful and stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, you, you've got to be feeling more confident, more comfortable going in, into big league camp this year since you already have one of them under your belt. Yeah, I mean, um, that's just kind of how, I guess, life works. Once you're around the same group of guys, you feel a little bit more comfortable and you're able to kind of mesh a little bit more. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a good, a good group again, and um, I'm excited to get back. We were actually down there last spring. It was the first time I had been to Yankees Tampa spring training in my life. And uh, we went to a couple games while we were down there. It was pretty fun. And I did notice on the drive out of the stadium, there's a bar and a strip club or two. Any, anybody <laughs> get in trouble uh, during spring training after hours? Uh, I don't. I haven't heard anything. I think, I think uh, we all do a pretty good job of knowing when to take care of business and when to have fun. But, I mean... The hours are so long. I don't know how anyone can do that because I I can't. Right when I get home, I'm passed out. So I don't think so. <laughs> and and let me let me tell you something. Those would not be the bars or strip clubs they'd be going to right outside that stadium. I can tell you that <laughs> they'd be going to different places. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> is that, that self experience or no? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yes, it's self experience a little bit, a little bit. But uh, you know, have you the heard Yankees aren't the... keeping tabs on me, so it's okay. I got you. Have you heard, have you seen the new stadium that we built in spring? I have not seen it yet. It looks great, though. We're, right? we, we will be there. We will be there and, uh, and and ready to check it out. You must be pumped up for it. Are all the guys talking about the new digs? Yeah, I mean, I, everyone's talking about it. I mean, I, apparently it's like an actual stadium now, which is going to give it more of an atmosphere. So that's going to definitely be interesting. So I'm excited See, about the it. The one thing about spring training, though, I, I tell you that when you, when you get the smaller stadiums and you get the big league guys in the smaller stadiums from a fan perspective, it's kind of nice having that, that you know, intimate, quaint, uh, atmosphere at a smaller park because obviously when you're in New York or in any other big city when you're at a major league game you have these massive stadiums but when you mm -hmm. go to spring training it's so different I grew up and used to go down to Vero Beach all the time and the Dodgers spring training was there and so I would I would always go to Dodgers spring training that was and and you, we would be right next to the players I mean these they would be coming up signing autographs things are a little bit different at, at Yankees camp than it was back then and times have changed but um, it is cool seeing all of you guys playing and, and you know, cause you can get a lot closer now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a big part of like the Yankees and especially what we preach on is be close to the fans. Cause they're, they're what makes baseball fun and Yankee fans are the best fans in the world. So, I mean, look at you being, being, <laughs> being on their side is a great thing, especially being friendly with them and whatnot. So, I mean, it's, it's great to have and be able to communicate with them. Well, it seems like that's something that a lot of the young guys are doing. And obviously, this is a generational thing. But a lot of yeah. you guys are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, which is a, the best way to interact with the fans because it's direct. So is that something that you guys are conscious of? Or is it just you're a 22-year-old kid, you're going to be on Instagram regardless? I guess a little bit of both. But yeah. I mean, I like it. I think, I think it's fun because the fans want to know what's going on and just kind of give them like a snapshot of what the offseason is or – what's going on in your life they feel like they're connected with the with the the whole group somehow and i think that's what makes it special so do you ever get that's, i mean do you ever think like you know you'll post a picture on instagram or whatever i'm sure you get thousands of likes and comments and stuff do you ever sit back and like what the hell is going on like i i'm still uh, a young player in the minors i still have to prove myself but there's just an outpouring of of love like you said the yankee fans i mean they get behind their guys sometimes i sit back and look but i mean I, th I think it's great that Yankee fans are so into their in, into their team because I mean, I, like I said, that's what makes it fun and go out and play and compete for that city. So I mean, having these group of fans, it's it's special for sure. And and you know this because I mean, you grew up a Yankees fan. When when that dynasty happened with the Yankees, you know, starting in 1996 and and going through the early 2000s, the the, the one of the big reasons why the Yankees fans were so behind these teams is because a lot of the guys came up through the, the system and Yankees fans love the guys that come up through the system and now it's practically everybody who is coming up through the system that's going to be on the major league team and there's not very many guys outside the system so it's it's a it's a different animal than than I think most people have ever been used to I think you know going back to 96 is the first time that that's that's happened in my lifetime at least 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we touched up on it. I mean, we got all this this great talent that's coming through, and uh, they're all homegrown, and it's going to give this great team chemistry, and we're going to be good for a long time, hopefully. So it's going to be fun. Now, uh, did did you play at all in a ball with Jorge Mateo? I have not. Uh, I just I played again. I played with him. I think one game in spring training. I've never really been on a affiliated okay. team with him. All right. I, th- I, I was wondering if you got if your your uh, your time overlap because he's obviously another one of the infielders that mm-hmm. is talked about. Um, yeah. Have you had any conversations with him? You know, I maybe only uh, spoke with him once in spring training. But uh, what type of competitor is he? Uh, from what I've heard, he's an ultra competitor. Um, I mean, he wants to get to the big leagues and, and win games. So, I mean, he's got a tremendous amount of talent. So, I mean, like anyone else in our organization, we got so many guys ready to get to the big leagues, and he's one of them. So, it's, it's exciting. How closely are you monitoring what's going on with the team in the offseason? Like, if obviously they signed back or all this Chapman, I mean, that's national news. You're going to hear about it. But how closely are you following just the day to day stuff that's going on with the team? Uh, pretty close. I mean, I'm on my Twitter and I see I see what transactions are being made. But I mean, um, as far as I know, I mean, I don't. The only the biggest one I've heard of is the the holiday one, right? Yeah, yeah. he's the he's the only offensive uh, guy that they brought in. Obviously, they traded away McCann, which is which is a, yeah, a loss to the great, roster. But yeah, great clubhouse guy. That guy is awesome. But um, you have no, any I, you have any conversations with with uh, McCann? Uh, not not in depth just kind of he was he was a catcher so he was always on the go obviously but um not not like that i mean it was just kind of like joking around or be like hey man like good job good work stuff like that or yeah, just, well, he does have a great reputation in, around the league as being a clubhouse guy yeah so i mean i i think we lost a special guy but the astros gained a special guy so i mean it's it's tough but we also gained matt holiday which is a tremendous player who's got a ton of respect around the league and he's going to be a great addition to us so He's a massive human being. I'm pretty sure if Holiday was was uh, entering into this competition of off-season workouts, you guys would be getting your, uh, you know, your, your behinds handed to you because that dude is massive. Yeah, maybe, maybe Judge could compete a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I heard that guy is ginormous. So. You got to remember though, he's Scott. He's 37 years old. He's not That's trying to hurt his back in the off-season. <laughs> old man strength. You, you're underestimating it. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna hit a lot of homers. That's gonna be sweet. Uh do you, uh, did you see any of those videos that the Yes Network did? Um, they were all shot in spring training. Like Brian McCann did like an H2 bro one. Ovaldi <laughs> yeah. did like a, like a bouncer one, I think. Maybe that was McCann. I'm mixing them up. But did you see any of those? Yeah, I saw those. Those are funny. I like those a lot. You you ever get approached for doing something like that? Maybe the, the no, Thunder I, put I some stuff out on their social channels? The Thunder? I, don't th- I haven't done anything like promos like that yet. But uh, those are hilarious. Those crack me up. I yeah, think we it, should throw some some pitches to the the Thunder staff to Scranton. Get some of the. We need to roll this downhill. Get some some double and triple A guys doing the same thing. That's what prep I'm saying. Yeah, we got to prep. We got to prep you guys in the limelight too. You got to be ready for the cameras. Got to get them ready. Well, it's <laughs> just it's like a, Scott and I have been Yankee fans for twenty plus years, and the Yankees never used to do stuff like that. So it's it's kind of it was kind of like a shock when the Yes Network was putting out those videos. Um, obviously, they're they want to give these young guys and, and the players as much pub to the fans as they can. So, I, I don't know. Someone must have had a conversation in the organization about that being an initiative. Yeah, I think that kind of goes back to what we were saying before and it kind of makes the fans feel connected with the team. So, I mean, it's funny. It's a good time. It's harmless. And I like it. So, let's let's uh, talk a little bit off the field, get to know you a little bit better. What uh, what other – when you're not playing baseball, what are you doing? You uh, you, you into any Netflix shows? You play golf? What's what's Tyler Wood doing? Uh, the worst golfer ever, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Is it, uh, slicing everything? Well, I can't golf left-handed, so I, I golf right-handed. Oh, so I'm ooh, trying, right. I'm trying yeah. to teach myself, so it's not very it's not very consistent. But uh, I got some time to, to touch up on that. But uh, I'm busy, man. I mean, I work out every day. That's the off-season. Um, I like to hang out with my friends. I live by the beach, so I'll do that. Um, surf at all? No, I wish. Man. Have you ever surfed? I, I've tried when I was like 10. And it wasn't very pretty, so I kind of just stopped. But not your, not your stereotypical SoCal kid. Is that one of those <laughs> things? You're at this point. You're like, I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, break a leg out there or, or get eaten by well, a shark at this point. Yeah, it's too cold out there anyway, man. It's <laughs> freezing. So I mean, I'm staying warm. But uh, no, I mean, I just kind of hang out, just relax. Um, Netflix shows. Uh, 
right now, what did, what did I just finish up? I'm a big, uh, I, I watch Prison Break. I, I love that show. That's a great show. Um, and then uh, that's about it, man. I mean, nothing really crazy, to be honest with you. Just hanging out. I never got into Prison Break, but if you're into those like crime, like prison shows, if you ever did, you ever see Oz? Because Oz is an no. older show on HBO, and it still plays today. It's it's a terrific show. That one and uh and The Wire, really really uh, good. The Oz, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'm big into those crime shows. I think it's fun. Yeah, Tyler was yeah. probably like nine years old when that show was out, Scott. <laughs> I didn't watch it live. I saw it. It's on HBO. It's on on demand. I yeah. saw it afterwards. So let's maybe you know, let's, maybe ten. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The uh. The, the show that my wife and I just finished watching was uh, The Killing. It's a new one on Netflix, or it's, it's actually it has a couple seasons. Another really good one. So The Killing. I'll have to check those the out. The Killing, yeah. I can give you Netflix recommendations all day long if you want them. Yeah, so just, all Scott, all yeah, Scott just does is watch Netflix, apparently. Uh, yeah. Nothing, do. nothing wrong with that. Yankees and Netflix. There's two things, okay? There you go. The wife's still Netflix and chill, Scott? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so you you uh, you you mentioned the the Warriors. Are you a basketball fan? Yeah, I'm a Laker fan. Okay, tough tough times, but yeah, I'm a Laker Lakers fan. Yankees fan. Growing up, that must have been uh, pretty. Oh yeah, pretty you're interesting. Talk, you're talking as a Patriots fan. You're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> no, it's it's, ex- it's the exact equivalent. Yeah, uh, when have the Patriots ever been bad? <laughs> well, before <laughs> before your lifetimes, before yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, I, don't even I, think I was that. nine years old when they were bad. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, Lakers. I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan, so I mean, I actually went to uh, when he announced his retirement. I was at that game, and he kind of. I think he scored ten points, but it was cool watching him live for in his Didn't last he, season. So. Wait, hold on. I thought he dropped like fifty, or was that his last game? That was where his he last dropped game. 50. That was his last game. I went to the the one where he announced he was retiring. So got it. I wish I would have went to the one where he dropped sixty. That would have been nuts. Yeah, I was at Derek Jeter's last game. It was actually at Fenway Park. Uh, he got one dribbler hit, so it wasn't quite 60 points like Kobe. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, those guys' careers are storybooks, so, I mean, I don't think he was complaining about that. <laughs> you uh, you play any pickup ball or anything? Uh, I mean, I'll just shoot around a little bit, but nothing like nothing crazy. Did you only play baseball when you were in high school? You said you played uh, club ball, so you were year-round baseball? Yeah, uh, I played I played football in middle school, and then when I got to high school, um, I didn't play it my freshman year. And then sophomore year, uh, I went to the coach, and I was like, hey, man, like um, I'm looking forward to try out for the football team, but I got offered to go to college, and then my college is like, you can't play football, so that didn't <laughs> so, happen. So you got a, a college approaching you freshman year of high school to play baseball for them? Yeah, well, I committed my sophomore year of high school. Okay. So, I had college offers freshman, sophomore year, junior year, senior, but I was already committed my sophomore year. So was that? Where did, where did you commit to? San Diego State to Tony okay. Gwynn. Nice. Yep. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Seriously, that guy was one of the best. That he was. You watch like the, I'm a big eyeball test guy, and that guy was top three best hitters I've ever seen. I mean, he was phenomenal with it. I mean, ridiculous. Legend. Yeah. Legend. Ridiculous. That's cool. So, what was the uh, were the scouts out early for the majors? At what point do you start seeing major league scouts? They kind of came on late. Um, I honestly, going into my senior year, I was like, eh, I'll probably just go to school. I wasn't really looking to play pro ball. I just didn't really think about it. And then they started calling. I'm like, oh well, this thing is actually for real. And then I had a really good senior year. And then they kind of just like right around actually this time, my senior year of high school, they just kind of poured in. So it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, so I mean that's got to. So you were you were drafted in the fourth round. Obviously, you know you're going pro at that point. But um, mm-hmm. they, but like you, there, there was never a point where you were saying I'm really going for this thing. Uh, probably. I took. I really started to take baseball like legitimately seriously, and I was like, ah, I'm actually pretty good at this thing. And, like my sophomore, junior in high school, and I was like, hey, I, I think I got a future in this, and I, I kind of, I took it seriously, and then my my senior year, I dedicated myself to it, and. It, kind of paid off yeah so. i think i saw you hit like 540 senior year or something like that something like that yeah it was it was fun. No, you know the exact number what is it no i don't know <laughs> i know it was upper 500s though oh upper 500s i think so i think it was like somewhere around 540 550 they uh they bat you lead off or you were in the three hole uh i think i batted second and third my senior year in high school uh yeah were your, were your parents athletes uh yeah my dad played uh my dad played football uh, and then my mom like ran track when she was in high school. 
Yeah, see, my my kids are going to be tough because I'm not an athlete, so they have an uphill battle going forward. <laughs> Some hard work ahead. <laughs> they got to put all those hours in the gym, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Just, just yeah, just show them a reel of 2016 off season. <laughs> yeah, right. All the competition that's going on. Yeah. What was uh, what was draft night like? Uh, it was the day after I graduated high school. It was in the morning. Jesus, and, uh, talk about yeah. like. A lot happening all at once. No, it was crazy because I had to have my. I was getting, I was graduating, and I had to have my phone on me because I I was waiting for teams to call in the second round, and I I was like, okay, well, am I going to get drafted? I didn't know yet, so I was looking at my phone the whole graduation. It was pretty weird, and then that didn't happen, and so that morning, um, it kind of I just heard my name on the TV. Well, actually, it was supposed to be my agent was supposed to call me beforehand, a couple picks before the team was going to pick me. And uh, the fourth round comes around, and it's the Yankees pick, and I don't get a phone call. I'm like, dude, what the heck is going on? And I hear my name. I'm like, am I hearing things or just really just <laughs> happened? And then my phone rings, and my agent's like, did you hear that? I'm like, why the heck did you not call me? He's like, I wanted it to feel real. I'm like, oh, God, Jeez. dude, I'm about to have a heart attack. Do we, but, do, we, uh, do we still have the same agent? Yeah, yeah, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, nice. no, he's, he's, he's awesome. But, uh, no, it's, it's, been a, it's been a blessing, and I, I, I couldn't have asked for a better organization. Yeah, so you means, were talking about that. You saw the Yankees come up. Were you expecting them to pick you? I mean, did you have an inkling that they were going to be choosing you at that point? I had an idea. I didn't know what team, but I had an idea. They're definitely one of the teams. And uh, I, I went to I went to Tampa for a pre-draft workout, and uh, I think I did pretty well, apparently. But uh, I had a feeling they they were one of the close teams, and then it happened. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's got to be a surreal moment. You you said you were a Yankee fan growing up, uh, like you like you said, you thought you were hearing things. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I was I was kind of just I, I was kind of taken back by it. My mom was crying, my dad was crying, but uh, it was cool. It's definitely it's been a good experience so who, far. Who was the first member of the Yankees organization that you spoke with after you were drafted? Oh my gosh, uh, I want to oh. say it was Dave, I want to think of, I want to say it was Damon Oppenheimer. Our yep. Yep, it was Damon. I think it was Damon. Any uh, any words that he said that have stuck with you, or you're just sort of like your head was buzzing. You're trying to trying to trying to just I might have, have words come out of your mouth. <laughs> I might have blacked out to be honest. With you. Yeah. I don't know what was going on, but uh, I think it was just like congratulations. We're happy to have you. But I think I don't know. Like I said, I was probably hearing things, but uh, uh, it was it was a surreal experience, and it it's it's been fun. Eighteen year old so, kid, how'd you celebrate? Uh, I literally just sat there. I actually, the first thing I did, I went to the, I went to the mall and bought a Yankee hat, and that's, <laughs> I did that. And my, uh, you didn't have one. What's up with you? Didn't have one. Right, I wanted to get, a, I wanted to get a new one. Okay, okay. But uh, one of my really good friends that I went, played high school with got drafted in the fifth round by the Pirates. So I called him. I was like, dude, congratulations! And he's like, let's go get hats. I was like, let's do it. So we did that. <laughs> you got, you tell the people at Lids that these are the teams you're going to be playing for. No, we didn't. <laughs> They'd be didn't. like, yeah, we okay, whatever. Yeah, I was 150 pounds. They were like, "Yeah, okay, kid." But uh, no, it was that's that's basically how I celebrated. I had a couple of my buddies come over and just kind of hang out, but that was it. Nothing crazy. So I have a off topic a little bit. I was looking at your Twitter feed before we had you on, and uh, mm-hmm. Andrew actually screenshotted this in our in our notes too. I saw that you had. I want to know if you had any backlash for the tweet that you sent out about the uh, the ring because. Apparently everybody thought you were getting married. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering who was. I'm wondering what girl or how many girls were were waiting for that phone call or like uh, looking yeah. at their window waiting for Tyler to come and, and get on his that's, knee. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> that was actually so. The guy that tweeted that at me was actually my high school coach, and I saw him a week before doing that thing with uh, Yankees on a Man and Yes Network that you saw that video of. Yeah, and he tweeted, I, "You didn't mention anything, but congratulations, big guy." I was like, oh, "I'm not getting married, <laughs> man." But uh, it, it kind of blew up, and it was it was funny. Is there is there uh, any lady in the life in your life that maybe thought uh, nope. you were breaking some I'm news s- on Twitter? <laughs> no, I'm single, man. Nice. That's a way to go. That's a way to yeah, go right do, now. Do, yeah, I, do I take care single. of myself. I take care of myself, and then when I'm uh, when I'm established in my career, maybe things will happen. But I'm not in a rush. I'm 22 years old. Yeah, maybe you can uh, hit the town with Clint Frazier because we all know he's going to be doing that for damn sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is good stuff, man. We appreciate you coming on. Scott, you got any any other questions for Tyler? 
No, man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited that you're, you're you're ready to go. It seems like you guys are all in a really good place as far as just uh, you know, you know, working hard and, and knowing where where the end goal is. So that's that's really cool to hear. It's uh, it's, it's been it's been fun talking to you and getting to know you. Are you gonna yeah, take? Guys, I... uh, yeah, one last question. You gonna take any R and R before the season starts? I know you said end of January. You're gonna take maybe a weekend or a week off just before oh. you're gonna be in it for nine straight months. No man, there's no time for that right now. I, had, I took like a week off and uh, right after the season, but uh, I'm 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 good to go. I feel good. I'm ready to get back into baseball shape. So it's a good answer. Seven, That's what I wanted to hear. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Tyler. I appreciate you having having me on, guys. All right, Tyler. Be good, man. All right, later. Okay, we are back, uh, Scott. Uh, it's still not much going on in the world of Yankees, but uh, you even actually mentioned this in the interview with Tyler. Giant season is officially over. The Jets have been dead for about eight months at this point. So you like officially... my tw- I tweeted that out. I, I sold myself under the. You yeah, know, I sold it's not out. as fun when I can't rub it in for you, but I know. I ha- that's why I have to get it out in front of it. I have to get out in front of this this terribleness. But that means everyone can officially turn their attention to Yankees baseball. I know there's probably some Knicks fans out there, some Rangers, some yeah, Rangers nobody cares fans, about hockey some, boomer, some I, Islander fans. Yeah, Devils fans. Are there you know, Nets fans? Like... Are there Nets fans? There used to be. I don't know if there are anymore. I'm not sure. I was a big New Jersey Nets fan. Jason Kidd still playing for the Nets? No, I actually think he's coaching the Milwaukee Bucks, if he still is. I don't know. I haven't followed the NBA in a while. But, but uh, no, the Nets are not what they – there's no Drazen Petrovic or Derek Coleman or Kenny Anderson coming to save the day. Oh, you I'm just name-dropped the hell out of some basketball yo, players. Yo, I will name the starting five back in the day. <laughs> this is, I was a huge Nets fan. I was like one of ten people in the Brendan Byrne Arena screaming. That's where I saw Jordan play. So I got I can go back with some Nets stuff, but uh, yeah, I never I didn't move over to Brooklyn with them. But uh, Yankees have not done much. There really hasn't been much going on in the world of baseball since the winter meetings. No, we've gotten zero content, people. This is they've given us nothing. They signed a, a Wilmick something or other. Don't even uh, try and like talk about that. <laughs> what are we going to say about that? No, I'm just saying that's that's it was a depth move. The guy's in basically double triple A. He's a depth move for a catcher. That's what we did. You're never going to see him. He'll be in the minor leagues, but he'll be there in case five injuries happen. We got a couple of mailbag questions coming up, but I first I saw that Manny Ramirez signed a contract to play in the independent league in Japan. So not even like the official league where Tanaka and all those guys were playing. Yeah. He's playing for the Fighting Dogs independent league baseball. Dude is 44 years old. Looks like he could still hit. He's probably still doing all the steroids that he possibly can. So Japanese independent league doesn't give a crap about that. But... What the hell is Manny doing? Going, going to do you play think he's still doing? Ball? You think he's still doing steroids at yes, forty six years old? A million percent. No, I see. I think they just they just got a guy independent ball in Japan. Okay, it doesn't matter if he's Manny's on steroids not doing or not. steroids for baseball. He's just doing steroids just for the hell of it. He's like, hey, wow. they're here. I bought I bought a ten year supply. I got seven years left. I got to go through it. So I I heard this tidbit today that he had signed with that team, and it's some island from what I I thought I heard an island in there. I mean, yeah, is this is probably. this some like ridiculous island off of the coast of Japan, and that's where there's a reason for it? Because you know he's obviously going to be a publicity stunt. It's so. Manny Good for being him. Manny. So, he's still playing baseball, man. I mean, at 44 years old, that's pretty awesome. It was like uh, wasn't Ricky Henderson playing until he was like 50 years old, but in in independent ba- independent ball? Yeah, he's he was he was around for a while. There's a couple of guys that have been. Uh, trying to think who the other guy I was thinking of but yeah there's some guys that, that start playing like they start playing like the NABA like the adult baseball league well Canseco signed up for a team in Massachusetts it was like it was loosely affiliated with uh the Red Sox but it was not official uh pro ball it was independent ball yeah so I played in I played like six le- six years in a in a summer league and it's called the NABA it's a national league and it was a local chapter. We had Jose Lima on our roster. Because he was he was like Wait, how the was, hell has this not come up yet? We've done hundred and twelve episodes and you have not I've talked, talked about, about this. I've talked about Jose Lima. I've definitely dropped some Jose Lima stories. Not where, that he was I've, on your roster for some yeah. old man softball league. No, it's ba- it was hardball and yeah, okay. he was on the roster and it was metal it was metal bat. It wasn't even wood bat. But he was on the roster because if he had retired and then like we were basically going to bring in a ringer for the playoffs, and it's it's done all the time. There are minor league guys that play in that in that uh, in that league quite quite often. So yeah, that's a that's a thing. And when they retire, they 
they go and play in a lot of these leagues because it's fun. It's well, still fun to play baseball. Manny's going to go over there, and he's going to be king of the world. I mean, they're going to flock to him. So he's going over there and probably going to have some fun for a couple months, hit some dingers, and, and be the most famous guy on that team. Yeah, on that island. Um, so uh, it, it also will not affect his Hall of Fame candidacy, if anyone cares or, or was curious about that. Not that I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame because some other guy's got to get in before him. I would vote him in because the dude could rake, but... It sounds like they're going in. Not this year. Next year, maybe. Year after that, probably. I mean, they're, they're getting closer. These steroid guys are going in. Um, all right, let's get into some mailbag questions. Uh, this first one comes from Ken, and he says, I enjoy listening to your podcast for a New York point of view. I'm a Blue Jays fan, and I find it very interesting to hear you talk about the farm system, strength of your pitching staff, and free agents and where they might sign. Over the years, I've watched the Yankees sign a lot of top free agents such as A-Rod, Brian McCann, CeCe Sabathia, Chapman, etc. to big and long-term contracts. Now that you see the contracts come to a close, can you judge if they were worth it? Some teams that don't take a big risk don't get big reward and they end up finishing in third place like the Jays have done for many years. I look forward to hearing your comments. Um, interesting. We got, a, we got a Blue Jays fan north of the border uh, listening to the podcast. Yeah, I guess you got to find out what's going on in your uh, in the AL East, the other teams. This is, I mean, we are the it team in the AL East coming up, right? I mean, nobody cares about the Bostonians to the north, but we, uh, as far as the Toronto Blue Jays, they're they're going to have some tough times for a while, I think. So we might get Ken listening a little bit more frequently and maybe a little bit more attentively. The it's interesting. It's an interesting topic. I mean, I don't know how you judge what's worth it and what's not. Some people will judge it very differently. How do you judge it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a weird topic because on the one hand championships is like the initial thing I think of when signing a major free agent but that right. doesn't oh but but there's plenty of free agents that are worth it if they don't win a championship Mike Messina didn't win a championship but I would say yep. his contract was worth it yep just so about it, the same moves yep. it's it's not cut and dry where championship makes it worth it or not um and also sometimes the guy can be so bad and he's on a championship winning team and that also doesn't make it worth it but um, the first thing that popped in my head was championship. Well, so you say that they could be so bad, win a championship, and and then it's not worth it. I, yeah, say, I can argue. So example: say uh, say Jason Hayward goes on to have just the, the miserable miserable rest of his right. contract in Chicago. Right. Cubs fans will not say that deal is worth it. No, I, I agree with that. I think I'm I'm going to go kind of on the opposite side of that uh, and say that sometimes even when players do well they win a championship and then they are terrible after that for a long time some people might not say it's worth it as well i'm thinking of alex rodriguez specifically because i think a lot of he's like a whole other can of worms i mean that's like but he's one of the guys that we signed and and, i think when you're talking about the free agent contract uh, you know one of the first names has to come up is him because yes we did win a championship the yankees won a championship whoever yells at me for saying we i'm gonna say it five thousand more times but he He's a guy that obviously the most polarizing player in Major League Baseball, and then you do win a championship. You get 2009, but but was that championship worth all the drama? That's so, that's the question. That's a whole A Rod is a whole other issue that it's like you got to have you got to get on the couch and oh, and have a psychiatrist yeah. there for A Rod. I think a better example is Mark Teixeira. Yeah, well, I, I think to see you have to. They're all judged individually. That is basically the at the end of the day because. Mark Teixeira being the guy that you know had a, a few big years, but really fell off the face of the earth towards the end of his. Well, that's his Yankee why I career. think it's it's a better question asking Teixeira, where he Yankees don't win a championship in '09 without him. He had three seasons where he was playing like an MVP, and then he had four seasons where he was either injured or terrible. So, but at the same time, Teixeira was a great guy, great teammate, okay, great person. But, so it was worth it. You think it was worth it? Because of the off the field non distractions, yeah. I mean, there's, I don't have to put that into the conversation because it wasn't an issue. He was a great guy, you know. Whereas you're you're adding some of these guys that there's off the field stuff, then you have to add it to the conversation. So yes, I do. Th- I I would say to share is that was worth it. If if uh, if I'm looking at that that guy. What, so is a Rod worth it? And, no. and What what is the a Rod that you're asking? Is it worth it when they traded for him to now? Is it worth it just when they signed the contract in '07 to now? I mean, those well, are two different I, questions. I know, but I have to look back and, and use the whole the whole scale. I'm looking at the the grand. So you're scheme. going back to 04 to now. Yeah, Arod right. is not worth it in your mind. Uh, I, I wish he never, do you never remember, ever put pinstripes on. Do you remember the blog I wrote about this? Kind of. I I sort of 
figure I, I tried to do some hypotheticals on what would have happened had he not been traded, had the Yankees cut bait with him after his first initial contract and and what right. actually happened now. Um I, I, I actually think for as much heartache as he caused, the entertainment value that Arod provided us for fourteen years or whatever it was, thirteen years, I think might be worth it. Maybe I'm just sadistic in that kind of way, but I think Arod was worth it. You know, it's. I think. I think this is where the generational thing, be, our, our our age gap is is a comes into play. I, I truly believe this because I think when when you were starting with uh, you know watching baseball when when you were a kid and I was watching baseball as a kid, there were there was two different games going on. And I when I saw a Rod sign, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm pumped up, right? I'm pumped up. But when I when this guy starts going down and starts falling down and then getting back up and trying to get back up and falling back down. And just you see numerous things off the field. I just don't have the. I didn't have the tolerance for it or the patience for it. As I'm getting older now, and I'm looking back, I am getting actually more tolerant of these steroid guys because of the grand scheme. Yeah. Um, but at the and same also time, it's I, one of those things that I think people in general loosen up on steroids. Well, that's true. Point. History is forgiving, right? I mean, as as the years go on, people tend to forgive things, and I and I think that's true in this sense. And I'm sure in ten years, you ask me about Arod, I'll probably be a lot more. Uh, you know, empathetic towards him that I am today, and I am kind of—I am pretty empathetic towards him actually because I think he's a uh, an, an interesting character. Well, I don't think figure. I don't think he gets me to say it was worth it if it weren't for the last year and a half, the eroticence. So if what if 2009 didn't happen, then no, it's definitely not worth it. Hundred percent on the championship. Well, no, it's not a hundred percent. Like I said, I mean, he he had two MVPs, right? Two MVPs. He had a number of great seasons. Plus no, I mean the your your worth your worth. Is 100% on the championship. No, it's not 100% on the championship. So he doesn't win the championship. You're still saying it's worth it. No, I said no. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but what I'm I? saying is the championship puts it over the edge. Yeah, okay. So it's on the championship. Not That's 100%. But if the championship is not there, then it's no, not worth it. So this is a rabbit hole that we're never going to solve here. Um, but, I mean, first, as far, the the problem is with contracts about guys like A-Rod McCann, Sabathia, Chapman. I mean, they're such mega deals that they're next to impossible to live up to. And that goes for every team. Signing a guy for $100-plus plus million is that it is so damn hard to live up to that kind of money and, and years. Your, your conduct off the field plays a lot into the way people will perceive you after a contract as well. I mean, that's, that's an abs- that's, I think that's something that the player doesn't realize at the time. Uh, you know, but when you're looking back at these guys, Sabathia, Sabathia has always handled himself well. He's been, a, he's he, look, he went through troubles last year, but what did everybody do? They got behind him. He he came out and said he was having problems and he owned up to his, his issues. I mean, people like to see, uh, you know, other or athletes that are relatable in the sense that there's, there's, they have problems too. They're real people. People go through problems. I mean, it is what it is. And if you handle it in the correct way, whether you're, you know, you don't live up to it on the field, people will still tolerate that. Uh, the, your time with the team it's it means a lot it really does a lot of times though guys off the field and maybe clubhouse persona has to do with how they're doing on the field that's true too I mean the only reason A-Rod was back in the limelight and back in the good graces of New York was because he was producing on the field but he had work to do and that's why he was there but right but what I'm saying is that if a guy is struggling he might act like a jackass off the field because he's struggling that's okay mental toughness yeah some guys don't have it. Don't give them big contracts. Uh, it's an interesting question overall from Ken, though, and that um, I, I would say m- that's sort of the risk you're running with signing for agents is that you know the odds are against you and it working out, which is kind of lunacy why teams even attempt to build through free agency. Well, yeah, and I think that you know his his question is really is showing you know, what's going on right now in Major League Baseball. I mean, these contracts are just not given out anymore, these these ginormous contracts. So I think that when you're looking back at just the contract in general, not taking any player into consideration, but just the fact of these long-term contracts, it's it's impossible to live up to them practically. I mean, unless you're unless you're just a, a complete machine, unless you're, you're Mike Trout, um, and, and who knows, some Angels fans might not think he's worth it because they didn't win a championship. I, I don't know. But, uh, That's why know, I'm I'm sticking with the and I, I think we've had a mailbag question about this before that Hideki Matsui was the best free agent signing Brian Cashman's ever made. 
yeah. because he checks all the boxes. He wa- he won a championship. He was an awesome clubhouse guy, and he produced right. on the field. Yeah, no, it's true. He was he was he was the all around uh, free agent pickup. Cashman's got that one hanging on the wall. Um, all right, you ready for the next mailbag? Yeah, I'm gonna read this one, right? Yeah, because we gotta. This is a read-off because last week we had to figure out who was better. Yes, you've already stumbled once, so let's go. Name: Sock Therapy. Message: Hey guys, thanks for doing the shows during the off season. The hot stove has not been cooking since recently for the Yankees, so it must be hard to find some content. What are your guys' expectations for Gary Sanchez and Greg Bird this year? I feel like if Gary doesn't hit 400 and doesn't break a home run record, I'm going to be disappointed. So I'm trying to lower my expectations. Uh, Nailed I, it. I, I just want to point Nailed out it. you you missed like six words in that. No, nobody knows that. <laughs> um, sock therapy, I think, shares a similar outlook to what a lot of fans will feel about Gary Sanchez. Obviously, he's exaggerating with the home run record in 400. Yeah, right. But if Gary Sanchez doesn't hit like 35 bombs this year, people are going to be like, well, what the hell is wrong with Gary Sanchez? Well, here's the public service announcement for all Yankee fans. Gary Sanchez is not going to do what he did for the time he was in the major leagues last year. It's 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 not realistic. He was on pace so, for, I think it was 70, or it was like 67 home runs if he played a I'm full not, season. I'm not even talking about like you know multiplying that to, to get to where he would be if he played a full season. I mean, just coming out of the gate, with with those look here's the bottom line we all have to lower expectations and get them managed because if you don't manage your expectations as a fan and you're expecting this guy to go gangbusters uh, like he did for his entire career you're going to be very disappointed and now is not a time to be disappointed we need to manage our expectations know that there will be growing pains because there will be growing pains with all of these guys we've already seen it with judge hopefully he can rebound you should be positive and ready to go for him because he's a guy that has done it before Gary Sanchez came out of the gate hot. He's going to go through slumps. People are going to get on him. But he's a good baseball player. He's probably, you know, I'm thinking 280, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs. Like, that's what I'm looking for from him. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I see. That's, that's, 25, he'd be, he'd be a, if, if, okay, hold on. If he hits 280 and hits 30 home runs and drives in 100 runs and plays catcher for the majority of the time, he will be a top three MVP candidate. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think he can get 280. I think he's going to hit 30 home runs. And the 100 RBIs, w- nobody gets 100 RBIs on the Yankees lately. So it depends on what everybody else is doing. Yeah, RBIs is one of those flashy stats, but it's like it, it, you can't really project RBIs. But he's gonna, I think he can hit 280 and hit 25 to 30 home runs. I mean, I think that's realistic for him. What he's if, not going okay. to hit 70 home runs. He hit 20 home runs last year in 55 games or whatever it was. Right. The messed up thing is, say he had played 130 games or or he played a full season as a rookie and hit 299, which is what he hit, and 20 home runs, which is what he hit, he would have won the rookie of the year. Right. It's like the 20 home runs happen so fast, but 20 home runs for a rookie catcher is unbelievable over a full season, and it happened in a month and a half. 20 home runs for a rookie period is is unbelievable. So you I mean, really, that's, would you be? I mean, so what I'm, I guess my where I'm going with this is, if he has a full season and another solid season and only hits say 23 home runs, I don't think that's a failure. No, I I think there was lightning in a bottle, and what you saw was was once literally once in a lifetime what happened there. I mean that you, nobody's done that before. It has never happened in baseball history. So. How can you possibly try to repeat what you did? It's not going to happen. Everybody needs to relax on Gary Sanchez. He's going to have a full year as a catcher. He's going to be catching a lot more games than he did last year. He's going to be. He's got a lot more pressure on him now. Whether he shows it or not, it's there. And yeah, I mean, I think realistically, I mean, do you think I'm? You think I'm off base with 25 I think the to 30, 30 home runs? No, the 30 home runs is. I think he'll. I think if he plays a full season, he'll reach 30 home runs. I don't think he's going to sniff 280. I think he's going to be more like 240. Real? Oh wow! See, I don't. I think he's he's. Uh, I think that swing will will uh, will prove to be more of a his batting a average. That can hit his batting average. average plummeted at the end of the season because yes. he wasn't hitting home runs. So I I don't really. I mean, for he's a power hitter. I don't really care about batting average. If he's getting on base and he's hitting home runs, two forty is fine. That's fine. I want him to. I, I see. I would be disappointed if he hit two forty. Uh, that if I'm going to my expectations, I'm not going to be disappointed if he hits under 280. But I mean, he needs to be to me over 260. I think that's that's where he's uh, that's where his his basement is. What I saw is he's going to need to adjust to the high fastball because he was getting beat on it. 
And maybe that was fatigue. Could have been fatigue. He played a full season longer than he ever played as far as number of baseball games in a single season um, to that point. So maybe it was fatigue. But I saw him get beat at the end of the year on on high fastballs. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to believe that fatigue was a was a real factor towards the end of the year. I mean, like you said, the the minor league season is shorter. These guys are not playing as many games. Uh, you know, in the pressure cooker of New York, especially with all the the acclaims and and attention that was at him. You know, when he was on this ridiculous run of home runs. So, I mean, he had to have gotten emotionally exhausted by the end of the year. So, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where the bar is going to be because to me, the bar is not there yet. We need to see him in a full season. Then we can start putting some realistic expectations on him. So he hit 275 in in his minor league career. Okay. So I, I you know maybe I was a little uh, low on that 240. So maybe you know I thought he was more of like a 250 hitter in the minors for some reason. Yeah, I mean, but but how many home runs was he hitting in the minor leagues? His home runs weren't weren't popping off until there's there are factors where you know some guys will come up and start hitting more home runs. So oh no, he's, he's getting hit, into a point. He where never he's, hit. 20 he, 20 home runs is a career high for him uh, for any anywhere. season <laughs> for yeah. anywhere so <laughs> the most he ever hit before that was 18 in a season so you know it could be the the point where this guy is you know finally getting to his his physical maturity is able to you know handle the bat uh, like a man <laughs> and start plucking the ball out of the ballparks handle that we, big we need stick to, we need to see him with uh, with with a, a longer period of time to get some realistic expectations so it's just a buyer beware type thing Fans like watching this, they just need to manage it so they don't get uh, don't get disappointed. Because I know with Yankee fans that can happen very fast. Because expectations can go out the window. Sure. Uh, what about Bird? I mean, he's like we haven't seen yeah. him in a year plus at this point. Yeah. It's uh, you know some people won't even. I mean, there's going to be a new crop of fans re- coming, and they're not even going to remember Greg Bird. Oh, it's so funny his his the situation now because when he was coming up, like he was the guy, right? He was the guy coming up. There was a there was a guy Gary Sanchez below him, but he was getting into some trouble. Like we didn't really know what he was going to do, and then Greg Bird gets hurt, and we trade all these players away for new prospects. So now there's a f- influx of new prospects that everybody's talking about, and now Greg Bird's sitting pretty in the background, being like, "Oh, okay, nobody's paying attention to me. I'm just going to go out and rake." I see. I actually see them similar in in the at the end of the season stat wise. I think Bird will probably have you know five less home runs ish. But I think uh, he'll he'll probably hit for a little bit more average. But I think they're very close. They're not they're not too far off. Yeah, he hit 11 homers in 46 games for the Yankees in 2015. That's also like a 40 homer pace. Yeah. Well, I see. I see him again as a 25. I don't know, maybe about 25 homers. Well, that short porch. 20 will to help. 25, for sure. Um, no doubt. He's he's definitely more of like a gap hitter as far as a lot of doubles. Um, he he projects to me to be more of like a complete hitter. And that's not a knock on Sanchez. That's just more of uh, what I, I, I think the projections are for Bird. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. And that's the thing that I think Greg Bird, his gap power, a lot of those those doubles, you know, might go out of the ballpark at Yankee Stadium. So, sure. So that's why I think you're going to get a, a tick up with the home runs. I just don't see him. You know, I'm thinking 20 to 25 home runs is is pretty close to where we're going to see Greg Bird. If he starts going to 30, I mean, then then we have a, a you know something that's really special and i do think he will hit for average well now you're talking about i mean i know you're being optimistic and and that's great but is if, that is it possible not to i mean I, no I, what i'm saying is that if, if gary sanchez hits 30 home runs and drives in 100 runs and greg bird hits 25 home runs the yankees are going to make the playoffs yeah <laughs> because they're going to bat three four in the batting order and that's what a rod and Teixeira did for them two seasons ago and they made the playoffs so they they made a push last year and a rod and Teixeira did nothing Negative. I know, I know, but what, I'm saying, but what I'm saying is you're... <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. I, I, I get you. I, and I don't know if my expectations for, for those numbers that I'm talking about are necessarily for, for year one. I think I'm more just projecting them as that type of guy. You know what I mean? Like That's their peak. Ma- yeah, that's where they'll be. That's where they'll, they'll kind of sit in that range. I, I could, you know, I would, I would not be surprised if, if year one, full year one for both of these guys really, is, you know, not up to, to where they're going to be. I mean, that's, isn't that the norm? I mean, you're not going to come out and, and be your, the guy you're going to be for your whole career on year one usually. Well, I would be I would be shocked if Greg Bird does not have some struggles in the first half. I mean, right. it, it, it would be superhuman if he didn't. Right. Uh, and there was that report today. We actually posted a blog about it that Tyler Austin is fighting like hell. for. He doesn't want to be the backup first baseman. He thinks he can be a starting first baseman. 
you know, it kind of goes back to what Tyler or, uh, Tyler Wade was talking about in the fact that these guys understand that there's competition around them, and all that's going to do is make them better players for for this team. And if if each other, if if each of these guys is driving and and pushing the other guy, hey, nothing but good things will happen. So I'm I'm glad he's got that mentality. I'm glad all these guys seem to have that mentality. So good stuff. Thank you, Ken, and thank you, Mr. Sock, for the mailbags. Um, these were these were some good mailbags. Let's step up our mailbag game. I want to get some some of these more questions like this. Let's get some hypotheticals going, and maybe even get weird with the mailbags. Uh, see what we can get Scott to say. Um, you know, we said we got him to say that he Netflix and chills with his wife uh, to our man Tyler Wade earlier. Let's see what else other weird shit we can get him to say. I like it. Let's get weird with the mailbags. Bring it on, people. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been rating and reviewing the podcast and iTunes. Last time I looked, we're up to like 160 reviews and like 108 written reviews. That is freaking awesome. Uh, they keep going up every time I look. So really, really thank you. If you have not done it yet, go into iTunes, go into Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever you listen to this podcast. It's probably streaming on some service I've never even heard of. But please give it a rating and review. It helps us out immensely. And Scott and I really do appreciate it. I get enjoyment out of reading those reviews every time. I just realized that Tyler Wade has an underscore in his Twitter name. Oh. Really wish I brought that up. <laughs> we, well, he, yeah, maybe we can get catch up with him when we're down there in spring training and you can bring that up. There you go. Um, any last words, Scott, before we get out of here? That's it. Um, uh, hopefully the Yankees can do some moves, make some moves, and we can talk about some more on-the-field stuff. That'd be great. Please, Brian Cashman, hopefully you're listening to this. Make some moves. Nah, let's just keep plugging along with nothing to talk about. All right. That's cool. We'll just bring more players on. It's all good. Thanks again to Tyler. Uh, it was a great interview, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.